Hello, welcome back to the Extra Innings Baseball Show. I'm your host, Logan Stump, and with me today, as always, is the Camden Yard Bandit, Jordan Wiegand. Hello. I've seen you have broken in once again. You know, Jordan, soon they're going to be back, and soon they're going to know that you have been sitting in Camden Yard. <laughs> well, you know, uh, this is probably around where I'll be sitting on opening day. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I'll be sitting. Uh, I, I did buy opening day tickets for April 11th, the home opener, and I am sitting like first base uh, all the way near the top of <laughs> kind of like you've seen the background of <laughs> where left field is mm-hmm. um and you see like so i'm like up in those type of things uh 35 bucks though not bad um now when it's a normal day like those are the 10 dollar seats this left field bleachers up here mm-hmm. and my first game back from covid was literally sitting at the last row in one of these top left field sections mm-hmm. uh and it was a cold night and you can feel the breeze behind you the whole time it was a brutal <laughs> it's nice on like a summer night because the breeze will come in but on a on a cold uh it was like i think 40 degrees that night and it was it was brutal i can imagine sitting up there in the freezing cold in april like it, it's just mind-boggling to me just because you guys up north i mean that's why they've always considered maybe pushing the season back a little bit just to try to delay some of those wintry games that you guys get mm-hmm. in the north it's just wild to me just because down here in the south it's already you know 85 90 uh, by the time baseball starts so it's it's nice it's always nice but um i guess you could say could 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 adley hit a home run in a, on a cold night in baltimore on a cold monday night in baltimore adley can do whatever he wants okay right. <laughs> i was just asking just for the soccer reference. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Jordan, action-packed show today. Uh, we've got a lot of baseball to talk about. Uh, NL East, AL East, and there's AL East. We're, I guess we're coming first. Um, AL East, let's start with AL East just because I think it's uh, easier for you to talk AL East. And it, I think uh, you'll have a lot to say about some of these teams. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of hear your uh, take on some of these teams just because you've been following them since you're a small tyke. Um, so Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pumped to hear what you have to say about the Orioles, but I think we'll save them for last um, just so uh, we can kind of go through these. I guess that's how you want to do it. But first, before we get into that, let's get into some news because huge news um, has, I guess, broken since we last broken break. I don't know. Um, since the last time we have spoken. Uh, so Jordan, first big one out of the gate. Carlos Correa signed with the Twins for three years with an AAV of 35.1 with opt-outs after each year. Um, good deal for both parties. I mean, is this is this what you expected? I This came out of total left field for me, um, and I know that we've talked about maybe possible destinations, but this one shocked, I think, the world. Um, yeah, this was a... Uh out of left field you know this was a what late late saturday mm-hmm. night uh, mm-hmm. i woke up to the news on sunday morning i think or something or yeah saturday it was like morning, after midnight like i think yeah i think it was saturday morning friday night into saturday that this mm-hmm. happened um and this i i think it makes sense right i mean when you look at the twins uh, the story of how it kind of came about no pun intended with trevor story but the story how the cray came about was that i guess boris was just going around calling teams like hey 
what do you think? And when he got to the twins and they thought that this was a possibility for them to do, they started calling each other and getting people to sign off on this as soon as possible. And what I think that is interesting about that is uh, it seemed like originally maybe this was something they thought they had a chance at. Like they offload Donaldson 50 million, right? Get the Yankees to pay off that. And then you're like, okay, maybe they set that up to then go after Crea. No, it seems like it was a total like accident that they shed 50 million and Crea is going to come in at 35.1. And with Boris, you got to know he's always trying to get the highest deal ever. And that just edged out. I think it was Rendon's uh, 35 <laughs> AAV um, when he signed with like the angels. So this like, <laughs> literally that's why it comes out to like the point three, the one fifty point three or whatever is because it's 35.1 three times because mm-hmm. Boris wanted to be able to hang his hat on the fact that he got a, uh, you know, the highest uh, average annual value for a shortstop. Now, I guess what's shocking is that nobody wanted to go the 10 years. It seems like, you know, we had talked about the reports with the Orioles, uh, last time and we were kind of real bullish on it were true or not and let me just say with some of the the massive news about how they're not sending some of their reporters on the road like uh to call games on the road i'm, I'm doubting that actually ever happened um or it did happen and he didn't want to come here or it did happen and again like we talked about with him switching agencies to Boris, not wanting to get that 10 years, Boris not wanting to get the 10 years because probably one of the last contracts Correa is going to get if it's 10 years, right? So Boris switching, like Boris would not get as much of a cut of that because it would still go to his prior representatives. So that plays a part in all of this, I, I assume. Now, where I like it, where I like it is that for people that don't know, there's an opt out after every single year. So you can opt out after year one, you can opt after year two and then year three, the plan, not not the plan, the, the contract ends. If he goes off and has a great season and twins do not, he's either going to get traded, which is going to be good for the twins. They're going to get some worth out of it. Or, they're competitive and he opts out. And guess what? They only spent $35 million. Great. Not bad. And he can make his 10-year deal next year when he's 28. Still young. You know, not, not super old. Now, if he gets injured, which he does have some injury history, he doesn't have to worry about... He won't opt out then. He would go through this year injured or whatever, come back next year. And then he still has another time to after next year, if he tears it up, maybe 29, making that deal. The only way I see him seeing out all three years. And many people have said this is that if he's injured for a long time, Mm. um, because I, with the opt out, there's no way. And look, if the Orioles were presented this deal, Of course you don't take it because this doesn't make sense for a team like the Orioles. For the Twins, who everybody thought underachieved last year, I remember people talking about how they were going to be 
a good team in the uh, Central and be mm-hmm. competing for the top, but the White Sox just blew everybody yeah. away. Them adding uh, Correa is huge, and they've made some some other moves that I like. We'll talk about them next week. But what I think is interesting about this, this wouldn't make sense for a team like the Orioles because they're still a few years off from being good. So, of course, a 10-year deal for them makes more sense if they did offer that because by the time we get to year three or four of that Correa deal, the Orioles would be competitive. They would have a core of young guys that they're able to bring in with the – if he just opts out after one bad year – or like he has a good year on a bad Orioles team, then the Orioles gain nothing from it other than just inflating their payroll. Um, so it doesn't look sad. But that's where I kind of come around to. I think it's good for both sides. Twins are going to be able to this year, or they'd be able to flip him next year if he sticks around, if they are not competing. If uh, he wants to opt out, he can get a bigger paycheck next year when the shortstop market is not as big. So I think ultimately that all plays a part, and I think this is good for both sides and gives something for Twins fans to be excited about and really show that they're looking to make a push into the postseason this year. Yeah, you made an interesting point. Uh, Carlos Correa, the the most games he's played is 153, um, and that was back in 2016 with Houston. Under that, 148 last year was the highest that he had played. Before that, I mean, it, 109, 110. I mean, he does miss a lot of time. There's a lot of arguments in behind signing a healthy shortstop that's healthy and, and going to play a lot of games. It's the captain of your infield. You want that guy to be healthy. Um, but that being said, he's easily the, the best defensive shortstop in the game when he is healthy. Um, he, he's, fen- he's phenomenal in every aspect of the game. He hits very well. Um, 277 average over seven seasons with uh, Houston. So uh, a good signing for the Twins. Uh, He's absolutely raked the ball. Um, I think he hits over 400 in Minnesota, um, which is unheard of, but uh, he's played enough there to collect a nice batting average. I think he was a seven-war player last year. Yeah, he was. So, I mean, (laughs) uh, this is – really, there's – again, there's no loser to this, I don't think. No. I, I think it's cool the way you structured this deal. You don't see that very often with a lot of these superstars, but I think that's that was the twins in. It's like, dude, we're willing to take a risk, uh, you know, a last-place team that, you know, could go from last to first this year because of how bad that division has been or, or just average they've been. Um, I, I think it's very realistic, even with the moves that they made, bringing back Byron Bunkston. Like, I, I think that that's huge. And, and pairing him up there in the top of the order, he'll probably slot in third. Um, and hitting that third spot and can play some shortstop, could DH some if he needs to, um, just to kind of keep his his health uh, under check. But again, uh, like you said, $35 million, uh, is is very important to grab a guy that could very well win an MVP in this league, um, just because I think it's he, he's got that kind of talent and he's got that ability. And if he does well and he likes Minnesota and they start performing well and they get some of that youth talent that they, they've always touted as being – you know, one of these dark horse contenders, like you said, they were supposed to be last year. I think that it's a good move. I like this move, and I think it it sets both teams up for success in the future instead of, you know, throwing 10 years, eight years, and throwing mm-hmm. $170 million at somebody and saying, well, we can't trade you unless you want to be traded. <laughs> so it, it I, I, good business by Minnesota. I'll give them that. And they, you know, they, they're not typically big. Uh, you know, fishermen in the fish market during the middle of the free agency, but 
Uh, I think with a short window, this was kind of one of those deals that I think would have been much bigger, much longer had, you know, the lockout not happened. <clears throat> All right. Um, yeah. Next up on the news uh, before we get into uh, the previews, and this kind of leads us into our previews, Trevor Story, Jordan, signs with the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox. Um, he will play second base, might spell the end of uh, Xander Bogart's time in Boston, as you've written here in the notes. Jordan, how big is this? How big is this for the Red Sox? They finally got a second baseman back. They they had a former second baseman that just kind of led the charge um, when he was there in, in past years, but now they've got a new one, new shiny one, one that was uh, wanting out of Colorado and had been wanting out of Colorado ever since Nolan left. Um, can you kind of just let us in on what the deal was? Um, is this huge? Is this a title contending move for the Boston Red Sox? No. Uh, I mean, I think it is big that he went there. I mean, again, this is another player the Yankees wanted. You know, they mm-hmm. they were re- Yankee fans really wanted Correa. They really wanted Trevor Story. They wanted a shortstop. Instead, they got Isaiah uh, Kiner Falafa, who will hold it down. I mean, look, if you're the Yankees, you got your top prospect of Anthony uh, Volpe, who's you know projected from Fangraphs to hit uh 2024. You need a stopgap shortstop if you really believe he's going to be the guy. Now, uh, you know, prospects don't always turn out. So, of course, Yankee fans are used to buying uh, so many people. So they're sitting here thinking, let's let's just go get somebody and make a run. Um, this is a tough division. <laughs> this is a really tough division. And uh, I can see why Yankee fans would be frustrated in Trevor Story. Now, Trevor Story is going to be playing second base for the Red Sox and opt out after 2022. And I'm sure... If it's if corrupts out, corrupts out, you got those two great shortstops on the market next year, supposed to make a run at, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know that's uh, you know story didn't want to come to Boston essentially, or he didn't want to go somewhere he'd have to play second. It was kind of the original stories going out there, no pun intended, but. You know, it ended up having to. I th- his options were very limited. He didn't. Uh, he was apparently offered to go back to the Rockies. He didn't want to deal with that regime anymore. And you know, I think Minnesota was an option, but they were able to actually get Correa. Then I'm not sure ultimately what this what this will do for. Uh, sorry, I just looked to see. North Macedonia beating Italy. Um, (laughs) That's uh, my dad's not going to like that. Uh, But you know, when it, when it gets to Trevor's story and apparently this Jeff Passan article just came out. uh, One of the reasons he was hesitant to go there too, is because I guess Red Sox are wanting their players to be vaccinated and he is not currently, Uh, but he came around to the idea and he's going to get vaccinated. So uh, obviously the Red Sox would have an issue with that because they have to play in Toronto where right now non-vaccinated people cannot get in. So that would be a competitive disadvantage to, uh, uh, to the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox still need pitching. We'll talk about it later on. So that, that is kind of why I'm not high on this move. I don't think it puts them over a top. Now, if, like uh, Red Sox of old and Yankees of old, I think go out and get Freeman and Correa in one year. And then you're like, Oh geez, this is daunting. But the additions both these teams have made don't don't really scare me if I'm 
one of the Rays or Jays. There's a little hint to where I'm probably leaning on some of these. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, though. I, I always felt Trevor's story was, like, destined for New York and the fact that, again, I, and this this is part of the issue with the rivalry, I think, sometimes, is that the two of them seem to be very competitive about the players they want, and it always seems to be the same player or the same position, and they always try to swoop in to grab the other one um, before the others can. So I, I don't know. But like you said, I he didn't play well last year. I, they he really struggled in Colorado, um, and Jordan. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's been like huge uh, article articles coming out about, and especially in Story's case, about how Colorado is uh, basically detrimental to players' health and stuff like that, just because of the altitude, having to play in those high altitudes all the time, having to compete at that level. Um, it's not good for you know different joints and different things like that. It, it was wild, um, and he said even he started to feel effects of playing in those uh, tough conditions all the time so um, pretty interesting but uh, I think on it you know we'll get into a little bit more so I'm not going to go too much into the Trevor story but I do think it's an it's it's nice to have Kyle Schwarber was really good last year so I kind of think this is almost like a like for like if you know Trevor hits kind of like Kyle did I don't think he hits quite as uh, many homers as Kyle usually does but I think that it's 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 better defensively um, I think he gets better defensively I think it takes some pressure off Xander Bogarts to kind of play well, um, extremely well in the middle, just to kind of shore up some of the issues that they have there. But I think also Trevor just kind of helps, I guess, solidify the middle infield in case Xander goes down. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to kind of see how they piece that in together. Uh, looks like he's going to slot in probably fifth or sixth then behind J.D. Martinez, um, which, you know, adding to that core of that middle of the lineup. But again, I think with Kyle Schwarber on the way out, I think it's just kind of a like for like that you've kind of seen with the Red Sox lineup. So uh, moving on into the AL East. So we're going to preview the AL East. We'll give you our uh, rundown of the AL East from last year. Key losses, kind of talk about some of those key losses as we talk about the teams. Um, then we'll talk about key additions. And then Jordan, you and I will go through and talk about our predictions and then what we like, maybe dislike about some of these teams as we go through maybe some of the additions that they made, maybe some subtractions that happened. And if those were significant, so I guess we'll talk through all AL East. Um, and if you have any comments or anything, throw in some comments, throw in some, uh, some hate towards Jordan. He's a big Orioles fan, although there's probably not much hatred towards the Orioles. It's kind of like a punching <laughs> no. bag. Hair <laughs> league squad. What are you talking about? <laughs> We so, lost 110 games last year, whatever. Right. So if you're threatened by the Orioles, then I guess you have some insecurities. But let's talk about the ALEs, Jordan. Last season, Tampa Bay Rays won the division, 100 wins, 62 losses. Boston Red Sox, 92 wins, 70 losses. Yankees, 92 wins, 70 losses. Rays exited the ALDS. Um, Boston exit at the ALCS. And the Yankees were snapped out of the wild card spot um, when Boston took care of them. Toronto Blue Jays, 91 and 71, just missed the playoffs and behind all those teams that have 90 wins. Um, seemed like every single team in the AL had 90 wins at this point, except their Orioles. Um, <laughs> and then you had lowly Baltimore Orioles, um, who many say are tanking to tank. Um, 52 wins, 110 losses. Um, Jordan, AL East last year. Uh, I don't even know how any other way to put it except just to put it as they're monstrous. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this division, but it seems like it's a it's a much bigger hill to climb um, than most divisions usually are. Um, can you kind of just run us through 
you know, what, what, what made this division so tough last year? Was it, you know, a matter of pitching? Was it their hitting? What really makes this division probably the most elite division in the whole MLB? I wouldn't say pitching. I feel like that's something that we looked at that mm-hmm. we think the pitching isn't really there right now. Not like days, you know, um, but they got some mashers, you know what I'm saying? Like some of these, some of these players on the team that can just hit some behemoth home runs on the blue Jays, Vlad Guerrero jr. You know, you have, uh, you have over on the Yankees, Stanton and judge red Sox having, you know, they had Schwarber last year, good year. They have, uh, you know, they're not as much, I don't think they're as home run heavy as some of the other teams. Um, the Rays, I feel like probably had the best pitching and they came out on top and they won it by, you know, eight games, unsurprisingly. But when you look at the standings, you have a hundred wins, 92 for Boston, 92 for Yankees, 91 for Toronto. I'm expecting something, something similar this year where we're probably going to have these four teams in 90 plus. And, and actually I feel like two, uh, three of the wild cards could come from this could come from this. Cause I believe if you go off last year, so makes the wild card, they've pushed it to the last day of the season. So, uh, you know, th- that is what I'm kind of looking at. And I think, some of these teams have just gotten better. Uh, you have a team like the Yankees who haven't, for me, gotten better. So I, maybe they could miss out on a playoff spot. Maybe. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if we got the division winner and all three wild cards from this division, which would be historic, um, and make people look at the Orioles uh, very sadly. But also, I think, you know, it's a tough thing to do. If you don't lose a lot of games because you have to face these guys 18 or 19 season each <laughs> uh which is going to be really tough for the orioles when they don't have the pitching to compete anyway so they're going to be giving up those home runs you know that's why they moved back left field a bit <laughs> try to help out those young pitchers but no i mean i this is a fun division as much as i hate being in this division at times because of how brutal it can be it made 2012 getting the wild card spot and it made winning the division in 2014 that much more special than if we were in any other because it it felt real then it felt real meaning that this team was good enough to beat the yankees the red sox the jays and the rays to number one in 2014 and i think people took us more seriously because of that um i mean you only have to look at some divisions in like the central or some of the west's in certain years where maybe they don't look over, they might look over those teams a little bit because they think their competition isn't as strong. I feel like people used to overlook the race sometimes, but I mean, a hundred wins when you're in a division with these teams is just so impressive. And, you know, uh, they, it, it just, it really is mind blowing how strong this division can be at times. And, you know, you have the blue Jays on an ascendancy who, weren't really um, that hot, and I don't think in 2020. I think the Red Sox even finished last place in 2020. That was a short season, so it's a little different. Um, but it was nice to hang our hat on that we weren't the worst team in the division that year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But uh, I, I love the AL East. Um, 
I've come to love it because it's just uh, you can't you know you can't control what division you're in so best you can and actually put competitive teams on the field and the Orioles have shown that they can division and the Rays have shown they can win a division with a minimal payroll when going up against the payrolls of Sox and the Yankees. Yeah, it's a gauntlet. I mean, it, it always has been, always will be. It seems like those teams, they don't handle failure very well. So it does seem like, and the Rays, I mean, the, the fact that the Rays can sustain that division as long as they have is just simply amazing. Uh, kudos to the front office and their GM. Um, but yeah, let's talk about their key losses. Let's talk about some of the guys that are exiting, editing for greener pastures or maybe some more brown pastures. Um, my cat likes to come up and join the podcast. Uh, this is kind of new for the baseball crew. But um, all right, t- so key losses. Tampa, Nelson Cruz signs with the Nets. Or Nets, the Nats. Wrong bat. You know, I don't know, play basketball. Um, Joey Wendell traded to the Marlins. Boston Red Sox, Kyle Schwarber signs with the Phillies. Eduardo Rodriguez, their starting pitcher, signs with Detroit. Yankees, Gary Sanchez traded to the Twins. Gio Urshela traded to the Twins. Clint Frazier signs with the Cubbies. Uh, Runyet Odor, Odor uh, signs with the Baltimore O's. Toronto Blue Jays lose Robbie Ray, uh, signed with the Mariners. Marcus Simeon signed with the Rangers. Randall Gritchick uh, traded to the Rockies. Uh, and Baltimore Orioles lose Adam Plutko, uh, signs in Japan. Um, yeah, Orioles. Uh, they lost a lot of games. They haven't lost yeah. a lot of players because they didn't really have a lot to lose. Yeah. yeah pretty interesting, though. Um, Bobby Ray, really big. Uh, Kyle Schorber, decently sized uh, loss. Nelson Cruz, pretty big loss for Tampa. Um, any on there, Jordan, that you're kind of shocked by? Um, I know the Robbie Ray one kind of – I mean, I figured that was maybe eventually coming, but with all the moves they've now made – Kind of shocked they didn't really try to keep on to Robbie. Yeah, I mean, Robbie Ray um, is probably the biggest loss to the Blue Jays and probably why I'm not as high on them as some others are mm-hmm. when it comes to – I mean, look, their lineup is stacked. But the, to lose somebody who was the Cy Young – Mm-hmm. Did he win Cy Young or receive finish in the Cy Young rate? I believe he won it. I believe he won it too. Uh, from off the top of my head here. Um, yeah, won Cy Young. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So he won the Cy Young winner. And then I think Simeon, uh, you know, Duluth, and those are huge losses. And they're replacing uh, Robbie Ray with Kevin Gosman, who you'll see in the key additions former Oriole prospect really only had one good year and that year being with San Francisco last year. Mm-hmm. I'm not high on what they've done there. And Gosman has pitched in the AL East before, so he has experience, but he was, you know, he used to get rocked at times as an Oriole starter. So I'm not so sure that they've done enough pitching wise to really address the loss of Robbie Ray. Um, lineup wise, I mean, I feel like they're one of the best lineups in baseball. So this will be a really interesting season to see who comes out on top in that. Um, because I think that's the biggest loss out of any of these teams is losing Robbie Ray. I mean, the Yankees, I don't feel like they've lost much with Sanchez and Urshela, but I don't think they've added a lot as we'll talk about coming up. 
And Boston losing Eduardo Rodriguez, another Oriole prospect. We traded for Andrew Miller um, by trading him. And Andrew Miller just announced his retirement today, yeah, by the way. Um, in that 2014 run to try to get uh, a, a World Series, the Orioles traded Eduardo Rodriguez. And he was, he was good for them, but he wasn't like um, probably what he was ever built up to be. And it's something that I still don't think they've replaced either when we look at what Reds did. So that is kind of where I'm leaning on it, that I think the Red Sox, when I said earlier, when it talked about Trevor Story, I feel like they could have probably added some pitching that might give them a better chance to finish first. And then, you know, Joey Wendell, I don't think is a huge loss for Tampa. Nelson Cruz didn't perform particularly well as a Ray. He was better as a twin last year. And I think that's because of the trop. I think it's harder for um, some of those hitters, Canada, to actually. And I think some people also said Tampa focused so much on like statistics mm-hmm. where Nelson Cruz probably doesn't really. Uh, probably doesn't help him it's probably more of a hindrance to him than if you just go let him mash but it's where i'm kind of teams and like i said the orioles haven't really gained anything they haven't really lost anything which is why we'll talk about where they finish all right so let's get in some key additions and i guess the way that the best way to do this so we can kind of talk about each of the teams and kind of preview them we'll go additions and then with that team and their additions we'll kind of lead i'll read off what a projected lineup looks like from fan graphs kind of talk about some of that uh, and how they kind of slot in. Uh, there's a couple of pitchers that have been added. We can kind of talk about how those guys kind of slot into a rotation, but I can kind of give you some names, and I know you'll know a lot more of these names than I will um, just because I'm much more of an NL person and you're much of the AL. Um, so it'll be kind of fun to kind of see where see where you stand with some of these additions and how they might impact the teams going forward. Um, and I was just looking back at the stats, the, uh, the whip for a lot of these teams. I mean, Tampa led the AL and whip last year. Um, but from what I remember from last year, it was a c- collection or, you know, a pitch by pitch by committee kind of thing. So um, I guess we'll talk about some of the Tampa. Yeah, guys, Glass but... now got injured. Right. Um, after All-Star break. Yeah. Um, like and that. he's still yeah. not ready to go this year for a bit. So yeah. that, that'll be a detriment to uh, the race. So let's talk about those race. Uh, they do go out and add some um, kind of insurance. Corey Kluber coming over. Um, formerly, uh, a Cy Young, I think Cy Young, um, with the guardians at one point, or at least runner up, he had a hell of a year in 2016. Cause that was the year the Cubs had to face him and it was no fun. Um, but Corey Kluber's at it. And then Cameron Meisner, uh, traded from the Marlins. Um, so Jordan, two acquisitions. Don't yeah. And Meisner, about- Meisner yeah. is a minor leaguer. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure if he's, uh, going to actually be an addition but mm-hmm. like i i guess i just wanted to put another name on the list just because so it, there really wasn't a lot of additions yeah. for the rays when i look at their transactions and stuff so yeah um so i i think they're a strong enough team where they probably don't need that many additions mm-hmm. so i don't think it's a huge uh, a huge issue um but yeah, so I, I think they'll probably be okay anyway. I mean, they always have young prospects coming up that are going to uh, looking at the fan graphs. They have two top prospects who are supposed to hit in 2022. Mm-hmm. And one of them is Shane Baz, who's a pitcher. 
and one of them is a um where's position oh outfielder so uh and that's uh Josh Lowe so yeah i think they'll they'll probably uh it looks like they are getting called up so that might actually be enough to kind of help stave it off i mean look that they have all the analytics they know when to dump a person like blake snell who was like their ace in that world series run that when they lost and everybody was upset when um kevin cash took him out of the game and then he goes to the padres and just was not the same and they have like some sort of like magic or something that they know (laughs) and perfectly time if if anybody ever called if the rays ever call the orioles i'm hoping we don't make a deal with them because especially if they initiate it because i'm gonna sit there and think constantly (laughs) what are we missing with this guy that we have and we know that guy is gonna blow up as soon as they trade him to us (laughs) yeah a hundred percent and the cardinals did the same thing um, Randy Rosarena, like uh, that, <laughs> he came from the Cardinals, and Randy Rosarena was not 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 too high on the Cardinals' radar. He's a very good player, but I don't think they knew how good he was going to be because I don't think they make that deal um, where they kind of flip that around. And I it just it's amazing to me, Jordan, just the the success, and you've gotten to witness it firsthand, um, just how successful they can be, and they're not frustrating to watch either. Like it's not like they ever like tank it. It's like, okay, we're going to be consistently good. We're going to be above 500. This is just what we do. And this is how we've kind of incorporated this scouting. And if we're going to have a down year, it's the year that we get some of these younger guys up and we play and we play well. And then we teach them this is the way that we're going to do it. We don't ever sign those really ridiculous contracts. I think the Vonder Franco one is the, 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 the weirdest one for me um, just because of like – that's not normal, but it's also if you look at the contract, it's not a big contract. It's big no, for the Rays. It's it, perfect. But it's, yeah, it's it's perfect for them because it <laughs> is like <laughs> it is like the old extension amounts before everything ballooned to three hundred million. And I think that the fact that they wanted to lock him up should tell you just how special they think Wander Franco is. Mm-hmm. Because how many times have they had an up and coming star and they just go ahead and trade him? The fact that they want to make sure they lock this guy down and with all their analytics, I think tells us that they have something telling us that telling them that that Franco's worth the money and that they're going to have to pay up. And it's best to get it out of the way now mm. to before he blows up to be a 400, 500 million player. Um, and you're right. They don't usually tank. I mean, they were really bad in the 90s and early 2000s. They were like the cellar dwellers for a while. Right. while you know, they were the ones keeping the Orioles from being the cellar dwellers. And then, you know, with their uh, executives they have now, it is kind of like what I want the Orioles to be in the sense of if you're not going to spend money, having that deep farm system that you're trying to create so that way, okay, we can flip this guy, get some other prospects. When they get good, we'll flip them for other prospects and – the ones that we really like, like Wander Franco, we're going to keep. We're going to extend those. And mm. then for the other ones that we think we have another hot, let's say we think we have another hot shortstop after our star short, star shortstop is like hitting an all-time high, we actually think that guy might be better, then we'll trade the star one and we'll bring up this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And 
that's how you want to run it. Um, but I would maybe want a more balance of also being able to go out there and get players. But from what we've heard, they've actually put out a huge offer for Freddie Freeman. Yeah. And he just didn't want to play in Florida and probably didn't want to play in the trop. So the fact that they were willing to even spend that, I mean, again, a Freddie Freeman contract's not super huge. It's 162 million or something. Mm-hmm. They, they can afford that, but it that's interesting because it means that they really think that their window is probably really open right now to try to make and add some pieces to help get them across the line. Yeah, they're like if Moneyball was was directed now. <laughs> it's like okay, if Moneyball was a movie now, this is who the team would be. This is what it would be about and Billy Bean, and it would be like the Rays and Billy Bean. Like it, it's just it's phenomenal what they do there. I will say one thing: you made a really interesting point, Jordan. You're not going to attract high level free agents to play in the Trop. Trop, and I've been to it. You've been to it. Uh, I haven't been for a baseball game, but I have been. Um, and I know what the atmosphere would be like for a baseball game. It's just not it. Like that is just not a, a pleasant place. And I don't think if you're a high end, you know, profile kind of free agent, that's just not the place you want to go. And then they, Jordan, they were talking about, and then they actually axed the deal because it was just not a good idea. They were talking about splitting time with Montreal um, in between St. Petersburg and Montreal, which would be absolutely detrimental to, I think, this team, the fan base, et cetera. But I still think it's in the back of their mind or at least in the forefront of their mind to at least talk about possibly splitting games between there and somewhere else, which I think would be an absolute disaster. If you're going to do that, just move the team. Like At this point, if you're going to do that, move it back to Montreal, move it to Vegas, whatever you're going to do with it, move it. Um, and I know realignment kind of sucks, but um, again, I, I just it's, it'll be interesting. The Rays are always a fun watch because one, you just never know what to expect, and we'll get with that with our uh, predictions because Jordan, you and I have them in different spots. But um, pretty interesting, uh, and they've got a good lineup. Uh, they're going to run out a very similar, if not identical, one to as far as last year. Brandon Lowe, second base, Wander Franco, Austin Meadows, Rose Arena. Uh, G-Man Choi, uh, Yandy Diaz, Mike Zanino, uh, Manuel Margot, uh, Kevin Kiermaier. Um, but again, that pitching stat, Jordan, it's just it's always so shocking to me because they run it in a completely different way that I would never run a baseball team. Um, they've got a lot of guys that are long relievers that are starting pitchers in a way, in a sense, and they run them out there and hope that they can get the job done. And it looks like they're going to continue to do that. Um, for the foreseeable future, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see Shane Bass play because he played last season. We'd seen that um, and what that looks like. Um, oh, Tyler just an update time. on him too. I didn't read this, but on Fangraphs, it has hurt. him at. He had to get elbow surgery on three twenty one. So, so uh, then he's going to be out for. He's going to be out for a bit. <laughs> so when he does come back, Shane Bass, uh, it'll be interesting to see what he can add. Um, but they do, they have some arms on the, on the, uh, IR and, or the IL, sorry. Um, but again, don't really doubt the race cause it just seems like a really bad thing to do, but we'll move on, um, before we get into the predictions. Um, oh man, it just closed out my whole window that I had everything up there with, um, what the heck? Uh, so Jordan, if you can take over for a minute and I get yeah. all that back. Yeah, uh, so we were talking... Okay, additions for Boston Red Sox. I have Trevor Story. (laughs) Um, That's kind of all they they added. Uh, I mean, they've added... 
some minor league deals for Brandon uh, for Travis Shaw and Hansel Robles, but the the biggest deal being the uh, you know the Trevor Story deal. Um, their projected lineup is Enrique Hernandez, Rafael Devers, uh, Xander Bogarts, uh, J.D. Martinez, Trevor Story, Alex Verdugo, Bobby Dalback, Christian Vasquez, with Jackie Bradley Jr. Is he well, he's an ad, right? They traded yeah. for him in brought him uh, back <laughs> from the Brewers. From the yes, Brewers, uh, yeah. in December, right before yeah, everything right locked before down. We, that was. Yeah. Yeah, I just kind of slipped my mind there, I guess, because I'm just used to his name being a Red Sox anyway. So uh, I'm not sure. Their projected starting rotation is Nathan Evaldi, which is definitely probably their best one, Uh, Nick Pavetta, uh, Tanner Houck, Michael Waka, and Rich Hill. But I'm not sure. I mean, Rich Hill's 42. And Michael Walker's right. been Michael Walker's been throwing for about 150 years. He's only 30, He's only 30 which is yeah. really shocking to me. I didn't know Michael Walker was only 30. He's been throwing for the Cardinals for like ever, and then he went to the Rays. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know how much I like their starting rotation, but uh, you know, I guess it's fine. I, I think you would rather still have Erod than Rich Hill. I would think. I mean, Rich Hill put up a good year last year, but just thinking like 42, at some point, it's going to fall off, right? I mean, <laughs> I that's so. kind of what you think. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Tanner Houck is, uh, was drafted in the first round in 2017. Um, I'm not sure how much he's pitched in the majors. If I try to check here, um, he made... He made 18 games in 2021, pitched 69 innings. Um, his ERA was 3.52, so not terrible. I mean, not 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 bad. But uh, you know, that's going to be, be an adjustment of having a new uh, younger player um, learning that. I, I saw him pitch against the Orioles the other night. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see how it all goes. But, um, they have, man, what a range of ages. You have 25 is the youngest and 42 is the oldest. And you have some 29 and 30s and 32 <laughs> for their projected, um, starting pitching. Chris Sale is out for a while. I mean, he can boost that starting rotation. Obviously, he did last year when he came back but uh he's just always injured i just i just don't know man i don't don't, maybe then you could push rich hill to the bullpen if you can bring in sale but i feel like sales just always hurt at this rate Mm -hmm. that i'm I'm not sure if uh how much you can rely on chris sale and that contract just doesn't seem to have really worked out for boston all that much yeah I mean, I, I'm underwhelmed, and I was underwhelmed last year in the playoffs with their starting rotation. That's just not a good starting rotation, and their bullpen's not great, so that was another issue. Um, they're going to give up a lot of runs. Their defense is is uh, lacks a lot as well. Um, there's a lot to be desired with Boston's defense, um, and I think that it all comes together in a way that I think is just kind of 
a disaster at times. They had the worst defensive efficiency last year behind this pitching staff, behind this bullpen. Um, so it is kind of concerning, right? It's it's definitely some teams – or it's one of the teams that you look at and go, all right, is Trevor's story really enough? And, Jordan, what is wrong with – like, and everything I've been reading, people are are – pissed <laughs> to put it lightly like it they, they're upset because it just seems like this team is okay being stuck in the mud um this also being the team that owns the liverpool team over and we've talked soccer and we've talked this well can i ownership. say something about that yeah, go ahead stop whining yeah they've won like three world series <laughs> in the last 20 years give it up Orioles haven't won one since 83. Maybe stop complaining and realize how good you have it. Plus, your football team's been great for how long? Just forget about it. <laughs> forget it. And now you have an MLS team that's really good. So, like, just, Yeah, just they won the supporter shit. I mean, look, this is this is bullcrap. Celtics have won in, what, 2009? Yeah. This is not – Bruins have won recently. Stop complaining. You have it great. Yeah. Um, Dunkin' Donuts. So like... but, but seriously, and they've been Affleck. Seriously <laughs> – Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, yeah, I don't think Trevor's story is enough, and that's where yeah. I, that's where I look at it for this. And I, I'm just uh, maybe not high on Boston. Maybe I just don't want to be high on Boston. I don't know if it's my bias or not. I'm trying not to be biased on this stuff. I really not, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, because we try that with stateside, and we're pretty good with that. But this is something that's been ingrained in me since i was like four years old so trying yeah. not to be biased when it comes all right speaking of bias number. let's talk yankees all right um <laughs> and i feel like the yankee fans know this if you're not a yankees fan you probably hate them uh, i would say 100 percent of the fans that are not yankee fans i've never met somebody that said you know what i just enjoy watching the yankees play it's nothing wrong with them there's nothing i just feel like there's always team that you guys were the evil empire, okay? And Jordan and I grew up in a time where nobody won anything because you guys were always in the way. But that being said, we will be uh, as f- fair as we can on the show. Um, we won't be talking Yanks, but we'll definitely be talking um, two teams you guys probably won't even want to hear about. But anyway, let's talk Yankees for now. Josh Donaldson traded in from the Twins. I about said the Yankees. I was like, he's on the Yankees. Uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. <laughs> Uh, yes. traded from the Twins, and Ben Rotverd traded from the Twins. Vortved. Vortved, sorry, there you go. Rotverd. Is how I've learned to say it Vortved. from what I've heard. Well, thank yeah. you. That's good. Um, you can continue to say his name, but I think he's going to platoon with, um, how do you say their catcher's name? Higashioka. Thank you. Higashioka, yeah. You guys need better catchers with better names. Um, <laughs> uh, but Yankees, Jordan. Um, catch us up. What What – what is, uh, you know, what has been the problem with the Yankees? Why have they not been as competitive as they once were? Are there some holes that they still need to fill? And, and kind of what do you see from an Orioles perspective as to why maybe the Evil Empire is more of like the friendly, I don't know, force, or I don't, I don't know what to call them. But they don't seem as intimidating as they once were from the outside looking in. Just catch us up on the moves and what you think about the Yankees this year. I think it's a Taylor Twelman gif of what are we doing if you're the Yankees. And that's kind of the vibe I get from, like, if you watch any of John Boy stuff, he's a Yankee fan. Uh, if you, I've listened to Talking Yanks to try to get Yankee perspectives on things. Mm-hmm. And I've gone on message boards for the Yankees. I really feel like that's the vibe right now is what are we doing? Why didn't we go out and get a Correa? Why didn't we go out and get a Trevor Story? especially if Trevor Story is going to be willing to play second if you're that worried about 
you know, Velopi uh, Velopi coming up uh, at at some point. So I think that's kind of where they're leaning at. Their biggest signing right now is Anthony Rizzo, who is a player coming. People wanted Freddie Freeman, right? Yeah, really badly. <laughs> I'm telling you, Yankees yeah. of the 90s under Steinbrenner would have been Freeman and Correa are Yankees. That's what it would have mm-hmm. been. I'm thankful that's not the case because that's not as fun. Yeah. But it, you know, as a Yankee, if you were a Yankee fan, you're sitting here thinking, what are we doing? We finished in third place in this division, tied with the Red Sox. We faced them in a wild card and lose. And guess what? I think they finished like 500 against the Orioles last year Mm -hmm. against the Orioles who finished with 52 wins. They couldn't get more than half of those 18 or 19 games against us. That is kind of where if you think you pick up a couple more wins against the Orioles, right? The teams you're supposed to be beating. Maybe you're not in that wild card game. Maybe you're in, um, or I guess maybe you still would be, but maybe you're not, uh, away right they were at Fenway mm-hmm. Stanton hits what the announcer thought was a home run what but Stanton thought was what, a home run <laughs> yeah exactly guess what that wall's not there at your ballpark yeah. <laughs> so if you posted the game it's a home run like this is the kind of things that I think Yankee fans have probably been sitting on I think the biggest solace they have is that the Red Sox haven't added a lot it hurts them that story went there obviously yeah, but look at this lineup: Rizzo, Judge, Joey Gallo, uh, Stanton, Donaldson, Glaber Torres, Aaron Hicks, Kiner Falefa, Rortved, uh, with Higashioka occasionally. DJ Lemayhu is going to probably play a few games. Um, I don't, I don't know how they'll balance that out. I guess pinch hit or you know whenever they need to give. Rizzo a day off or put Rizzo at DH and then mm-hmm. Stanton. Well, you don't really want Stanton in the field, right? I mean, <laughs> so maybe not. I don't know. How do you want any of them in the field? From what I understand, the only one that you really do want in the field is Rizzo. <laughs> Torres is good, but I mean, it, it, this team. I think Donaldson's oh. fine. I, I think, yeah. you know what, though? I think Donaldson actually really fits uh, the Yankees in the sense of if you want a Yankee to hate because I hated him on the on the Jays. <laughs> and uh, I think Red Sox will have fun hating him. I think all these teams, I don't know how the Jays feel about him now. Maybe they'll hate him if he does. So hey, he's a good villain. He, this is what the team needed. They were kind of lacking in that regard. If you're looking nationwide here, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's kind of the biggest issue right now. Their pitching is fine. Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery, uh, Luis Saverino, um, Nestor Cortez, Jamison Talian are the projected starters mm-hmm. here. Um, Just got to keep them healthy. That seems to be their issues all the time. When they're not pitching well, it seems like it's because of their health. Like it seems like one yes, of these guys yeah, goes down, have, Saverino goes down, with or that, Cole yeah. goes down, Montgomery might go down. Like um, Their bullpen's yeah. fine. Chapman, Wandy Peralta, uh, Chad Green, I think he – uh, pitches well against the Orioles usually. Um, I mean, they got a good. I, I, Zach Britton's still hurt. I don't know what's going on with yeah, there. He's but still hurt. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm kind of down on the Yankees, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if they finished fourth in this division because I don't think they've added enough. This team looks a lot like last year's team, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess they upgrade of Donald. I guess they upgraded with Donaldson. I don't know, but I don't know. Th- their catchers, you know, Gary Sanchez could hit when he when he wanted to. Mm-hmm. He kind of hit a rough patch with defending and kind of hit a rough patch of hitting at times. I don't know if Vortved and uh, Higashioka move the needle. So, I don't know. I think they probably could have maybe got some better catchers. Here's the thing. Catcher is a whole position right now that is not very good in the major leagues. Yeah. Hitting-wise. Mm-hmm. So, that'll be interesting. I mean, you know, the, really, Adley Rutschman for the Orioles prospect could come up and be the best catcher in baseball just because he's – good defensively and he's going to hit a lot it seems like so that's how bad the catcher position is right now uh so maybe they don't need a huge upgrade there but i don't know i mean now i'm kind of second guessing some of my stuff because sometimes the lineup looks great but joey gallo isn't anything to really add i don't think you know they got him in the trade mid-season well here let me let me none of that really did anything yeah none of that really did anything last year like putting your mind at ease. I mean, you're you're looking at a team, Jordan. That anybody above 270 is what I consider really good now, because you just kind of take that. I mean, Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. Besides that, I mean, uh, and and I love Anthony to death. Won us a World Series. Was the captain. Still is the captain in my heart. Um, Cub fans, you know, will always love him and respect for what he's done for Chicago. Um, but man, he's really just taken a quick turn south as far as performance um 248 like that's unheard of for him he always sat in like the 270s 280s he always could it's get on not base. a bad number for most right. of major league baseball that's true i mean the, yeah. the hitters are just not the hitters are just not hitting because the right. pitchers are so good and i think this will be a good test for rizzo i think because we're now going to not have the sticky stuff supposedly right yeah, and maybe they're gonna uptick the balls. I don't know to make it a little, a little not as dead ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that'll be what's interesting. But again, I mean, it, it's it is. It's gonna be a matter. Can they stay healthy? Like the Yankees, uh, seems like they've always got health issues. Whether it's Stanton, whether it's Judge, whether it's gonna be Rizzo. Rizzo's always hurt. Um, so it it is. It's going to be. Can this team stay healthy? Can the rotation stay healthy? Uh, can they prolong some of the success that they've had with some of these guys? Can they consistently play well together? They've always had, it always seems like Stanton plays well, Judge doesn't. And then it's almost like it it's intertwined. They never play well together. They, they're they never hitting together. It's like this just seems to be constant, like, up and down inconsistencies with the Yankees. And I think that's kind of what the problem is. And they play in a division where you have teams around you like the Rays and the Blue Jays and maybe the Red Sox sometimes that play consistently. Um, and so do the Orioles. They play consistently, just not bad, not good. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to the Jays because um, I'm sure we'll talk a lot of Yankees uh, coming up in the season to come. Toronto, Jordan, talk about an offseason, adding Matt Chapman, Kevin Gosman, Andrew Vasquez, Yisei Kikuchi, uh, Romeo Tapia, um, and Adrian Penzo, prospect from the Rays, or sorry, the Rockies. Jordan, what do you make of their offseason? Good, bad, A+. plus. Best team in the East? I think this is a really strong offseason. 
you couldn't really do it much better than what they've done. Um, so that's that's kind of what I would say with in regards to uh, to their to their off season. I mean, this is this is scary uh, with what they've added here. You know, like you just said, Matt Chapman. Uh, Kevin Gosman comes in. I'm not sure how much he'll do. Um, Kikuchi uh, is good. Uh, but when you look at the projected lineup for them, let me pull that up real quick because this is going to be... You got George Springer. You got the Book of Bo Bichette, second. Uh, you got Vlad Guerrero Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, Gary L. Jr., Matt Chapman, um, they have, uh, Alejandro Kirk as the DH listed here. And then Kevin Biggie, uh, Biggio and Danny Jansen. It's a pretty good lineup. Um, you're probably going to be, I don't know how well, uh, Raymel Tapia is I'm trying to look at some of his stats. He's been playing since 2016. He's 27 years old. He averaged 273 last year, which is not bad on base percentage of 327. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that would fit in well there. So I didn't even realize we lost you, Logan. I was talking to myself this whole time, <laughs> just saying what I said. I don't know when'd you drop out. I accidentally dropped out when you were talking about uh, his averages 270 something, and then okay, yeah, out. 273. Uh, this year, 327 on base percentage. So, um, let's see. Last the year before that, though, he batted 321 in 2020. That's a short sample size. 2019, 275. Yeah, so he's pretty consistent. He's a good bench player. Uh, yeah. 2018, he had a down year with he batted 200. Uh, but before that, he batted 288 and 263. So. I'm sure he'll probably just be coming off the bench at times. He played 133 games for Colorado. That's solid, man. That is that's a nice little bat to have on the on the bench. But you're right, this lineup is freaking stat. I've I've forgotten they had Uriel and I've forgotten Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah, I guess I'm not really sure what they. uh, I mean, if we look at Gerchek's stats, he batted 241 last year, 273 the year before. His on base percentage was two. 81 so he doesn't get on base as much as, as tapia so maybe that's why they wanted yeah. to go get an upgrade i just know gurchek usually kills the orioles so this was a good move in my book um yeah. but yeah i don't know i think this uh that trade happened today it was while i was putting these notes together i'm like crap now i gotta make another addition but if you it's look at addition. their projected starting rotation jose barrios kevin gosman Hun Jin Ryu, uh, Alex Manoa, and Yasui Kikuchi, uh, who comes over from the Mariners. Um, Solid rotation. It is. Manoa's been really good. He was, you know, he came from their system and he was pretty good last year. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's a good rotation. And if you get anything that Kevin Gosman was last year, Hoi Bay. Could you imagine if they added another top-of-the-line starter at the deadline? 
I think they were originally in talks for some yeah. of those A pitchers that the that right. seems like they're going to hold on to now. So uh, that would have been really scary. And again, now I'm looking at this stuff and I'm really debating my where I predicted everything. But, <laughs> but this you know, this division's wild. Like this division is, is oh, so unpredictable. I'm, I'm so excited to just watch random AL East games too, because uh, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild run here. Do any of you guys start out against each other? I know that's a question you probably don't know off the top of your head, so I'll let you look. But we it, usually I mean, do, but yeah. it is not the case, at least for the well, the Orioles start off against Tampa in Tampa. April's 8th. Mm-hmm. I know that much. Um, because those are the away the away games. And then uh but our first home game is actually against All right, let's the, see. Uh, Red Sox Yankees, of course. I forgot they do. They always start even this yeah. somehow worked out perfectly even <laughs> with <them>. the <laughs> even with the other uh with, with the um lockout where they still get a chance to Okay, April 7th is opening Rays. day. Red Sox at Yankees. Mm-hmm. Rays or Angels. Jays start the next day. Okay, so Jays, Rays, and O's are the next day. Jays start against Rangers mm-hmm. and Orioles, Rays. So we then, do get two EML, or at least matchups. Yeah, you get two matchups there. The week after that, we have... Yanks and Jays. Oh, Ooh, that's, that's going to be good. Fun. That's fun. That'll be on by the time I come home from opening day. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. Uh, but the Rays face the A's, and the Red Sox face the Tigers, and the Orioles face the Brewers. So that's weird. Uh, the, the next schedule after that, let's just check to see if we have another Yankees, Orioles, and uh, that's it. Because then you have Red Sox face off against the Twins. That could be a good one. Um, Rays versus White Sox and uh, A's Jays. Gosh, that's going to be... You're right. Any casual AL East game is just going to be freaking awesome to watch this year. All right, let's talk about freaking awesome, Jordan. Let's talk Baltimore or yeah, actually, let's just go to the NL East. I don't think there's really <laughs> <laughs> no, don't let's do this talk, to me. No, let's talk Orioles uh, because I'm interested. I'm fascinated with the Orioles. I want them to do well. I am a closet Oriole fan. My dad grew up watching Ripken a lot, and he'd always root for the Orioles. So his AL team has always been the Orioles. Cubs were his NL team, but he always started watching the Cubs more whenever I was around. Um, but it, it, again. The Orioles are just a fascinating. It's such team. a shame. You could have been an Oriole fan with me know, if this right? would have just. If he would have just latched onto Cal. Yep. More than he would have. More more than he did. And he um, could have actually... still enjoyed Sosa. He played for us at one point. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's true. A lot, like a lot of the Cubs, they just kind of retire and go to Baltimore. Um, so let's talk about it. Runier Odor, Jordan Lyles, Robinson Chirinos, Chris Owings all joining Baltimore. But, Jordan, that's not the exciting part. Let's talk the exciting part. What is coming in 2022, 2023, and beyond? Why are you high on the Orioles, much like the rest of the world is right now? Um, I think a lot of people think this team's going to be really good in a couple of years. Tell us why. The prospects. Um, if you look at where – 
the Orioles sit compared to where Houston sat when they did the same exact thing and had these consecutive hundred loss seasons and all this stuff. And then Mike Elias will leave Houston and come to the Orioles to try to do the same thing. That the, the Astros did the same thing. They, they tanked, 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 got their prospects. Payrolls were as low as the Orioles have it. And then the flip was switched. They started spending money and this team was ready to go and they won a world series in 2017 under suspicious circumstances, but the (laughs) Orioles, uh, the Orioles are going through that same process right now. People are, people like to look back and say, well, this is year four of a rebuild. No 2018. We were a top 10 payroll trying under Buck and Dan Duquette to make one last run. Mm -hmm. And they, it depleted our farm system. Completely. We had a really bad farm system after 2018. Michael Elias comes in. Guess what he has to do? He has to restart the farm system. He has to set up an international system, which our owner usually would not actually let them do. Uh, he did not let Dan Duquette do any sort of international scouting. So we they had to set up the thing in the Dominican Republic. That That is still being built, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had to bring in analytics. Uh, we didn't have an analytics department. <laughs> so that is uh, another <laughs> thing that we were lagging behind. And then you have to continue sucking for a bit the way that MLB is structured to even get a whiff of good prospects. This will change now because of a lottery, you would think. But he also decides to move left field wall back because Orioles haven't been able to really attract free agent pitchers. A lot of times it's because of the way it's considered a hitter's ballpark. So we move left field back a bit. And also that should help our young guys a bit to help them maybe not give up so many home runs. I think John Means saves about five home runs, five or six home runs if that wall was back last year. And now we have uh, the top prospect in the game, Adley Rutschman. Going to come up this year. We have Grayson Rodriguez, who Fangraphs has his 2023 ETA, but I'm going to say ETA is this year by Mm -hmm. the end of the year. We have D.L. Hall, who is another prospect. He's our third prospect, 27 overall. By the way, Grayson Rodriguez, number one pitching prospect in baseball. So we have the number one pitcher and catcher in baseball. <laughs> we have D.L. Hall, 27 overall pitcher, ready to go. We have uh, he He's supposed to come up this year. In 2024, we're supposed to have Colton Kowser come up. I saw him. I talked Pokemon with him at the Hartford Mall. <laughs> okay? <laughs> we have uh, uh, he's a, he's, he's a power bat. He, he looks really great. Gunnar Henderson, shortstop prospect who might get moved over to third, maybe. He is uh, projected to come up in 2024. 2024 as well. We're supposed to have Jordan Westberg, another shortstop prospect, come up. I got his signature at Harford Mall. I mean, these Kyle Stowers is just another one that's uh, coming up. Kyle Bradish is estimated to come up this year. So Bradish and Stowers might come up this year. Bradish is a pitcher. Stowers is an outfielder. 
And then you have Kobe Mayo, who's a single-A prospect who's estimated to call it 2025, but people are talking so highly about Kobe Mayo nationwide, by the way. Uh, Kobe Mayo, you know, just was drafted, I think, last year. 2025 is his projection. He's number 69 in overall baseball rank, by the way, <laughs> according to Fangraph. So the prospects are coming up. Now, of course, they don't always hit, but when you look at the lineup that we have right now, some of these guys are going ha- to have to come up and, yeah. and do something because the lineup isn't there. But speaking of those prospects, I was able to book an interview with Bob Phelan from BSL on the verge. They're a podcast that focuses specifically on Orioles minor leagues. They've had interviews with some of the people that are in the development team down there in Sarasota right now. Um, They've, they've had, uh, I believe players on, they're really good. Listen. And uh, we're going to have them on as like a special episode next week where it'll just be about, what kind of Michael Elias has done to set the Orioles up and uh, names other than some of those I just listed that we should be really excited about going forward. Feels eerily similar to the Chicago Cubs back in 2014, 2013. Um, and they're doing it right. Like I, That's what I love about the Orioles. Wrap on them all you want. But when time comes, I do think the Orioles will spend. I do think putting a more productive product out on the field that is winning new championships, that is getting in the playoffs. Like we've seen what that can do to the Orioles. We've seen what that was like. What was it? 2014 Jordan or 20. We won the division in 14. Yeah. 20, so 2012 was a wild card spot. 2014 mm-hmm. was the division. 2016 was a wild card. Yeah. Because I still think that there's not many fan bases quite like Baltimore when that place is erupted. Like it, it was wild watching those playoff runs be just because in 2014 I was more invested in watching the Orioles because you and I was rooting for you because the Cubs weren't in it and we were trying. Okay. Wait. Yeah. I don't know. Um, no, we weren't, but we were getting there and I was like, this yeah, is yeah. what I hope we get to at some point. Um, and then 2015 we did, but it, it is, it, I think you got good pieces too in the lineup. I mean, you know, there's some pieces. I did see some stuff going around about Trey Mancini. Is that, is he, rumored to be moved eventually like is that somebody that you think that was a they... speculation piece by dan Connolly yeah. of the athletic but it wouldn't shock me if he's moved i mean if you actually look at trey mancini's stats mm-hmm. he's at age 30 but he also just hasn't been um as productive mm-hmm. uh he could bounce back this year but you know he missed 2020 nice to do his, yeah he missed 2020 due to his cancer Last year is coming off of that, so I'm sure it had to do something with that. But mm-hmm. uh, he's not ever going to be extended. His contract runs yeah. out at the end of this year. I wouldn't be shocked if they flip him. Um, he's not going to bring back a lot. Just like he, he's really not. He's like a platoon guy when you gotcha. look at stats. So I'm not so sure. You know, um, let me see. Last year, I think he bat 255 mm-hmm. with. Uh, yeah, 255 with a 21 home runs and 71 RBIs. His season in 2019, when he lit the world on fire, was uh, you know, a 291 average with 35 home runs, 97 RBIs. He's just not going to probably ever get back to that. 
um, unfortunately. I mean, even 2017, he batted 293 um, with uh, with 78 RBIs, 24 home runs. So he was hitting better for average. I know he changed his stance up this year. I've seen that in the spring training games. I'm watching Red Sox O's right now on TV here as well, which is going on right now. Red Sox winning 3 nothing. if you have any doubts about how they are. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets moved. They're going to arbitration with them too, which I understand that that's the process, but it's such a bad look when you're cancer mm-hmm. survivor, face of the franchise, Yeah, and you're not going to pay him what he thinks he's worth. But um, for most people, if you look at the stats, he's probably not worth what he's asking for. But, you know, it's going to be tough to separate from Trey Mancini because – um, he's been like the only good thing to watch. Yeah, I get that. I get that. All right, Jordan. Ali's predictions. What do you have? What are you going with? Who are you going with? Um, and and do they have three wildcard teams in the mix here this year? I will say yes. Three wildcard teams. Here is my uh al east preview if you're on the video i have it up right here but i have rays number one jays number two red Sox three and yankees four that's the way i'm going with the al east here uh orioles five did i have to say it or sorry orioles five um but yeah and i have probably all three wild cards i have all these top four probably making the playoffs mm-hmm Interesting. Which is interesting. I thought you were going to go O's winning the division. I was wrong. In my heart. <laughs> In my heart, they always win the division. Yeah. All right. So, throw out my prediction, Jordan. We'll go through mine, and then we'll quickly yep. go on into the East, other East. All right. So, uh, my AL East, uh, very uh, data-driven, expertise-driven um, predictions of the AL East. This is exactly how it's going to finish, folks. Don't even need to turn on the TV this year for the alias games. <laughs> Blue Jays first, Yankees second, Rays third, Boston Red Sox fourth, and the Orioles fifth. Um, and Jordan, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that there are four teams coming out of the AL East for the playoffs, which will be absolutely bonkers, but I'm all for it. And I hope, I hope that two of them um, get to play each other. And I'm hoping that it, I'm hoping that my predictions aren't right. I'm hoping it's another Yankees Red Sox wild card series at Fenway because that'd be a lot of fun. Um, but I think just you given you are hoping for that, yeah, I'm hoping for that. Ugh. Yeah, that well, I mean, it's I, I'd rather see the Rays and the Jays kind of moving through the playoffs, um, just because of past experiences with the last two teams, the latter. Um, but uh, Reason why I think the Jays did enough to make themselves the ultimate contender. I think the Yankees, depending upon injuries, um, I think if they stay healthy, they're a really good team that could, you know, push towards 94, 95 wins. If they're not healthy, then this could all just be burnt into a fire and they could go down to fourth. But again, this is the hardest, I feel like, prediction that we're going to have to make. Like, I feel like the AL East is easily the hardest just because. So many things can happen. There's so many factors with the Rays and how many pitchers they use. There's so many factors with Boston, if they can find starting pitching. Um, and then you never know. I mean, you never know what the Blue Jays are going to look like when they come out of the gates. could be a flop. We have no idea. But, no, it just doesn't seem likely. 
But that's my alias predictions. Jordan, let's move on to the NL East. Um, and sorry if the episode goes long. Um, it, uh, I think these are going to be longer just because, one, it's new for us, and then, two, uh, baseball's a lot more to talk about. So let's talk about the NL East. Last year, Atlanta Braves, um, 88-73, and 73, won the World Series. Jordan, that came out of nowhere. Nobody expected the Braves to win the World Series last year. Um, and to be honest, a lot of people, I think, thought they were a second or third place team at best. Um, Phillies finished second, 82 and 80. The Mets, 77 and 85. The Marlins, 67 and 95. Um, and the Nationals competed uh, for the Wooden Spoon at 65 and 97. Uh, key losses the Atlanta Braves are going to lose Freddie Freeman, who signed with the Dodgers, Jock Peterson with the Giants, Jorge Soler to the Miami Marlins, Drew Smiley signed with the Cubbies. The Phillies lose Freddie Galvis. Andrew McCutcheon goes to the Brewers. Archie Bradley goes to the Angels. New York Mets lose Cameron Maven, who retired. Brad Hand signs with the Phillies. The Marlins, um, it's not I listed really as find in, a missing name. anybody. And I honestly, uh, I think there was a trade or two, but they honestly aren't missing anything really. Um, the Nationals, Ryan Zimmerman retired. The number 11 retired. Jordan uh, a heck of a career for Ryan Zimmerman. Uh, it was always cool because they were in the NL. I got to watch them play often with the Cubs. The Cubs had some uh, NL series with them in the playoffs. And, and Zimmerman, man, he was just one of those guys you just didn't want to face. You never wanted to face him. He was always going to be clutch. I think he was uh, is by rank one of the most clutch hitters in all of baseball. He just seemed to always be in the way when you really didn't want him there. Luckily, the Cubs never really had to deal with him too much, except for one game. I think it was like nine to eight or something like that. The year after the World Series, um, the Cubs beat them in a, uh, I think it was the NLDS, I want to say. Um, but it was a lot of fun. But Ryan Zimmerman, hats off to you. Um, one heck of a career. Um, I'm glad they finally had their first number retired, and it couldn't have come for a better person, I think, than Ryan Zimmerman. Anything to add? I know you got to retweet that and you're excited about that because you actually brought it to my attention yeah well yeah i got to uh well when i get to watch a lot of nats yeah. games because they're on the same network <laughs> mm-hmm. as the orioles but when i went to see the nats versus the o's he had broken the franchise record which includes the expos because they were relocated for career runs scored in the sixth inning, he scored his 998th franchise run at that point. So I have that marked down in my scorecard because they made a big deal about it um, when I was there. And just a nice little thing to know that I got to see that as he's, uh, you know, definitely the Nats' first and greatest player. So that's uh, it's always nice when you get to see those players that stick with the team for the whole career. Well said. I like that. That was good. The best player in the history of NAS franchise. That's yeah. weird that we've gotten to see somebody <laughs> take off from the expansion team all the way to the end of that. That's how old we are, man. We're old. Yeah, I know. Uh, gosh. <laughs> all right, key additions. Um, my gosh, the Braves. Matt Olson, trade from the A's that broke the internet, getting rid of longtime first baseman Freddie Freeman and replacing him with a Matt Olson who's about four to five years younger from Four, what we yeah. did with our math, yeah. Kenley Jansen coming over from the Dodgers. That one was actually shocking to me. I thought for sure that was 100% going back to the Dodgers, but pretty good signing for the back of that bullpen that was already pretty Yeah, we decent. just talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. I, I was listening to it, you know, back to make sure everything sounded great. And, yeah, we both said, 
Uh, he's going back to the Dodgers. There's yeah. nothing else we we really need to talk about except maybe the fact he goes to Atlanta. Colin McHugh. I uh, don't know who that is, but I'm sure he'll be great. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm not going to even lie on that one. Um, Philadelphia Phillies signed Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, and Brad Hand. Um, actually, you know what? We're doing this wrong. Let's go back up. Braves Jordan. A lot to talk about. We'll get to the Phillies with those signings that I just said, but I forgot yeah. we were doing that. Uh, let's do the Braves. Matt Olson. We talked about that in length. Um, how do you grade that uh, that move, and how do you grade the moves that they've made? I mean, Kenley Jansen is a good arm to add to the back of the bullpen, but are they did they add enough to defend their title, and are they good enough? Because a lot of times, what happens is some teams do overperform and then kind of come back down towards the mean. Is that going to happen this year with the Braves? I don't think so. I mean, we were talking about it with Matt. Mm-hmm. you know, in our text thread yeah. about what he thought of the Philly signings because he's a Phillies fan. Right. And I felt like – I think it's easier for me to be unbiased with these. I, I, he, he said, you know, the Braves got hot or whatever, and they did. But these signings are fantastic. I mean, they yeah. already had a good bullpen, and they add Canley Jensen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know uh, – I don't know what to say there. They re-add Eddie Rosario. They don't lose him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Matt Olson, once they realized they couldn't get Freeman to go get somebody four years younger and lock him down for eight years, hometown kid, that's like, that's business, man. And, you know, I was just listening. If, if anybody wants to listen to a good podcast, uh, other than ours, um, there was one, uh, by, if you look up the athletic baseball show mm-hmm. on, on your podcast feed. And listen to the most recent Starkville episode with Jason Stark. They had on Alex Anthonopoulos, mm-hmm. the GM of the Braves. And he like detailed how that whole week shook out. And it was a nice, long, lengthy interview, yeah. really candid about how he how he did these moves. And it was just great knowing, like, you know, like getting that insight from a GM. And, you know, that that is just fantastic business. I mean, I can't see them slipping that much farther down honestly mm-hmm. i think that they've added more than you i thought they could i mean adding colin McHugh's good move mm-hmm. um kenley jansen uh to add on with will smith who they already have in the bullpen and tyler matzik who was great in the bullpen for them aj minter was great in the bullpen yeah. for them last year i mean really this bullpen is just something else man um, Ronald Acuna, let's not even forget, he right. still has to come back from his torn ACL. <laughs> I, this team is unreal. Uh, I I think that they've added a lot. I'm not picking them immediately to win the division. We'll talk about that later, but they should be in the hunt for it, for sure. And I think that it isn't just a case of getting hot. I think that they may have gotten hot then, but they've they've stuck with going for it they're they're straight up going for it still and i you know if this team is anything more than five games back at the end of the year i think that'll be a disappointment it's good that might be strong words but i don't know i I mean you're right though like uh, max freed and charlie morton 
and Ian Aaron Anderson, you throw those names in there. Yep. Um, guys that I think are good, you know, one, two, three punch, um, especially the way that Freed pitched, especially the way that Charlie Morton can finish people up. Um, Charlie Morton, again, growing in age, and I, I think, again, eventually, yes, it does fall off. I don't know if that's this year. Um, I would like to see them get another arm. That'd be kind of interesting just to see if they could get like another big arm. Um, I don't think that's coming anytime soon. Uh, but that being said, you know, they're, they're going to hit the ball. Um, Eddie Rosario leading off that lineup, Ozzy Albies, um, you know, Matt Olson, Marcelo Suna, and then you add Acuna Jr. back in when he is healthy to kind of fit in back into that top of that order. <laughs> Adam Duvall, Austin Riley, uh, Dansby Swanson, who's no slouch. I mean, Travis Darno, who hit really well in the playoffs. Like, it, it just – it seems like this team is built for success. They're very good defensively. Um, Matt Olson – adds to that defensive morale, you know, prowess that I think that Freddie did too. Like Freddie was a good defense. Now, don't get me wrong. Freddie was a great player. And do I think Matt Olson is as good as prime Freddie? No, I don't. But that being said, he's only four years in the league. He's got time to still grow into this league. Who knows what's going to shake out for him in Atlanta? Is he a better hitter in Atlanta? It seems like guys really do and can get hot in Atlanta, and it, it's it's a nice ballpark to play in. The fans are great. The atmosphere is great. The ballpark's easy to hit, and I think it just it all comes together, I think, and I think you're going to see a Braves team that is determined to be – because I think consistently, Jordan, they're still considered an underdog. <laughs> like they're still getting the underdog tag slapped onto them. They're yep. like, oh, yeah, but what about the Rays and what about the Yankees and their Sox and the Dodgers? You know, it, those are really good teams. How are you going to compete against them? And they're going, hey, we won the World Series last year. Yes, we only won 80-some games in the middle of the year, but we got hot at the right time when we needed to. Yes, their division sucks, but it got better. And they're going to have to play better this year to win this division, I think, because the Mets aren't going to fall off like they did last year. So – I like the way that the Braves look. Um, let's move on. Phillies, Sonny Kyle Schwarber, Nick Cassianos, Brad Hand. We talked about that just a minute ago. Jordan, Phillies, how are we feeling? Um, did you see the TikTok? The TikTok has been going viral of them playing defense. <laughs> no. this? Well, I mean, I think I, I saw the uh, I saw the one of uh, Hoskins dropping the ball. Okay. You need to go and look at it. It was the same game. I think there were four or five defensive errors. There was collisions in the midfield. He drops the ball. I think the right fielder drops the ball. It's it's atrocious. It's the worst defense I've ever seen. Um, no, 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 no. Look, look no. up, uh, <laughs> look up some of the Orioles' defense from the last few years. Um, I think they even did. I think John Boy even did a breakdown of one of those yeah. games because it was like literally like super awful. But I get your point. <laughs> everybody's been saying it the phillies defense is gonna be really bad it's gonna be <laughs> really bad you don't want schwarber and castellanos out there at the same time right you, you need harper out there but if you're ever gonna dh harper then both of them are gonna be out there this is i will want to say though i called the castellanos hunting i said that last last episode i said this would be really great for the phillies and i still think it is but they're just going to have to out Homer uh, some of these teams, I think to, to get some of these wins. And, you know, I think for Swarber and Castellanos, uh, that ballpark is going to be really nice for them to mash mm-hmm. some home runs. I saw a game there last mm-hmm. year and it was, it was a great ballpark to hit home runs. Um, not that we saw any that day, unfortunately, 
Um, but I mean, I don't know. I look at their lineup. It is a great lineup. Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper, Real Muto, one of the best catchers in baseball. Mm-hmm. Reese Hoskins, uh, Gene Segura, Didi Gregorius, Alec Bohm, uh, Matt Verling. And then you have their starting rotation, which again is really good if they keep it up, right? Aaron Nola mm-hmm. was uh, pretty good. Zach Wheeler was really good. You have Kyle Gibson, Ranger Suarez, and Bailey Falter projected to be in there too. And Ranger Suarez, he pitched the day I went. He was throwing some great stuff. I mean, I think they actually do have pitching too. Um, I just don't know if they've done enough in the offseason because I, I think the errors might cost them a few games that end up maybe meaningful. Mm-hmm. They also have Zach Eflin, who's been hurt knee injury, and he'll come back and fit in. Adubal uh, Herrera, who's been a nice bat off the bench usually, is hurt as well. Um, but you're right. Yeah, they that. re-signed him too. Yeah. yeah, he was originally a free agent. They re-signed yeah. That lineup, though. <laughs> Alec Boehm, uh, Gregorio Zagora, they're not slouches. <laughs> like, they're pretty decent hitters. Um, yeah. A, a lot of these teams, man, these NL teams are going ham now that they have a DH. They're like, you know what? Let's just sign everybody. Hope it works. This, Jordan, is like – borderline disaster and unlike other sports jordan defense and baseball wins you championships you don't win championships when you're a horribly rounded team in defense and and this is one of the worst teams in defensive defensive efficiency they finished just 0.002 above the arizona diamondbacks who were atrocious last year as well and i think they got worse like i think they really did get worse um nick castellanos is (laughs) <laughs> he might be one of the worst outfielders in the league. Uh, he played well in Wrigley, though. like So that was kind of shocking. But I still think at that park, it's massive. And those gaps are huge. I just can't imagine Kyle Schwarber and him running after like a ball in the gap. Uh, and, and, you know, he's got <laughs> – they're both chasing it, trying to track it down. And it's just – it's not great. Um yeah, I mean, his defense is listed on fan graphs as, what, negative 7.4 for last year. Um, yeah. When you look at his defense fielding and positional adjustments above average, so he's seven below average, I guess, right? Is that how you'd read that? And that was, yeah, and that was that was at, uh, that was at Great American Ballpark, which is the Reds' ballpark, which is a pretty easy defensive park to play in because it's small. When he was on the Tigers, he had a negative 20. Yeah, he was awful, defensive. yeah. Well, so then look at this, like Comerica or whatever they call it now is pretty much the same, I think, in dimensions as Philadelphia. Like it's got that same kind of like bow out and then it's got that real flat back. Like the, the, it, it's going to get ugly. <laughs> and Reese Hoskins not great. Um, Didi, I don't know. So let's move on. Let's go to the I next. think Hoskins is fine. Okay. I, I... Like defensively, yeah. right? I mean, I don't think he's... He's not known I to, for being I have awful. to look at his stats yeah. here. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. We can't take too much with with spring training, right? Yeah. Because with spring training, uh, what they say is that it's it's windier. The wind is going right. to pick it up more. And if you, especially if you're in the outfield, which Hoskins wasn't. But if you're in the outfield, what they say too is that with no double or triple deck out there shielding the sun it's easier to lose the ball um, when you're out there. But, you know, I'm somebody that plays rec softball, and I did fine. Uh, but 
Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his defensive staff. He's negative 4.9 defensively. So not awesome. great, but not not great, the worst. but not as bad as Cassianos. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's going to be a disaster, but we'll see. Um, they're going to score a lot of runs, so maybe it makes up for it. But it just never goes well when you're trying to get into a playoff game. Defense will absolutely just bite you in the in the butt. So it'll it'll be interesting. The New York Mets, Jordan, they finally have done it. They're finally spending money and spending it wisely. It seems. Um, they added a ton uh, this offseason. You and I have talked about it in passing, yeah. kind of not really on the show, but let's talk about it now. Max Scherzer signs Eduardo Escobar, Mark Kana, Starling Marte, and Cole Bassett. You're going to have to fill me in on some of the AL guys just because I'm not familiar a ton with Cole um, or Mark. Um, but just kind of fill us in. What do these signings mean for the, the Mets? And can they finally – Jordan, kind of just bite this like curse they have where they just completely fall apart and come unhinged at the end of the year. I don't know why I wrote Cole Bassett. Cole Bassett is the midfielder. So I didn't know he played baseball. That's what I maybe that's why I was thinking it. Uh, But yeah, it's Chris Bassett, obviously. Christopher Bassett. Um, Now, Chris Bassett, uh, 32 years old last year, pitcher went, you know, 3.15 ERA. The year before that, 229 yeah right that was a shorter season though we can't really take that uh for granted he usually pitches around three when we're playing full seasons um he had 3.3 war right uh, that's that's pretty good i mean, he's definitely probably going to be third right you're probably going to go mm-hmm. scherzer to grom or to grom scherzer? scherzer i mean i don't know it's that's a man is that a choice um <laughs> Opening day starter wants it. <laughs> that that buck uh, gets to choose. Uh, yeah. But yeah, adding Chris Bassett is a pretty big deal. Mark Canna uh, was a uh, was an outfielder for Oakland as well. They're you know pretty much taking some of these Oakland players and shipping them over there. Um, he is you know bats uh, last year bat at two thirty one, but had a three fifty eight on base percentage with 387 slugging so uh his war was 2.6 if you want to look at that his defense was a negative nine for the defensive positioning though um but i mean look they're they're getting robinson cano back from his suspension supposedly so their projected lineup is brandon nimmo starling Marte, who they signed as a free agent from oakland as well francisco lindor pete alonzo Robinson Cano, Eduardo Escobar that they signed from the Brewers, Jeff McNeil at second, Mark Canna, and James McCann. And you also have Dom Smith, who was starting for them in the outfield and first base sometimes last year, getting pushed to the bench, mm-hmm. uh, which helps them. And then we, we said DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, Carlos Carrasco, that they got in a trade from Cleveland uh, last year, um, and Tyler McGill being another starting pitcher. Um, he's a Mets product is the projected starting lineup uh, starting um rotation so while they lost marcus stroman i think adding scherzer more than makes up for it <laughs> uh you know like I, I think we're pretty good there i don't know i think that i know we talked about 
I think with Matt and just uh, ourselves, the kind of narrative has been, man, they've added a lot of pitching, but they need some offense. But then we kind of forget that they already signed Starling Marte and Mark Canna before the season, before the lockdown. And they signed Eduardo Escobar before the lockdown. And now, you know, here we are with uh, – they've got some – I don't know. I think they do have some bats. You know, you got Pete Alonso who's been great for them. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I I really – I think Lindor might be able to bounce back because some of those new players coming in, probably pressure is going to be off of Lindor a bit. I think he had that pressure of – I got traded here right as the season started, and I'm immediately signing a long-term deal for $300 million. I think now he doesn't have that issue anymore. I like him, though. I'm going to probably be watching Mets games. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting just because I think that they could smell a bat here or there in the trade deadline because, like, I think they could use one more, and then they have a a, – rich bag of tricks so it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do because i think they do have room for at least another bat um it looks like it could be down towards that six spot um just because i think eduardo escobar is good but i I just think they if they had one more big popping bat um i I think it'd be a lot more interesting for them but that that rotation i mean if your fourth pitcher is carlos carrasco then you're doing pretty well for yourself (laughs) Uh, just because he was really good with the guardians when he was there and and with and to say with this too, their biggest offseason signing is is Buck Showalter. Yeah, right. Like huge. Yeah, they have an experienced manager that knows how to turn these things around. And apparently, an, an article or something I read today saying that Keith Hernandez wasn't allowed to be on the field before games, mm-hmm. um, so he wasn't able to help out, give any sort of you know feedback on players and help them. And Buck has made that change. Apparently it was under when the Wilpons were owning the team, but Buck kind of just drove up in a golf cart with him and said, get in Keith. And then, you know, that's what Buck can do. Buck is going to make these people believe that they can win these games. And then they have the, they have Max Scherzer who has won a world series with the nationals with experience with this. That's going to really, I think all of this stuff is going to just boost that clubhouse uh, tremendously. And, and I think, where you saw last year they were, you know, in first place for a hundred days and then fell apart. Some of that was the, was the politics, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you had, who, who was it? It was, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of who it was on their team that got in arguments about, and then they came out, it was Lindor in an argument with, um, Jeff McNeil, I think. And they were yeah, saying that, they made up this whole story about how they were arguing if they saw a rat or a possum mm-hmm. or something, but it was something more than that. Obviously Buck's going to cut all that stuff out. That's gone. He doesn't stand for any of that type of stuff. I'm very familiar with how Buck runs things. They should be a lot better. All right, let's move on. Um, I think we covered the Mets there, but uh, let's move on to a team that's probably not going to be a lot better. Um <laughs> The Miami Marlins, Jordan, uh, add Jorge Soler. So they, they really did need a bat. They finally got a big bat. Um, it's kind of shove in the middle of that lineup. And then Joey Wendell from the Rays. Uh, but when you look at this team, Jordan, it just – it's so underwhelming offensively. you got Jazz Chisholm Jr., uh, Jorge Soler, Garrett Cooper, DH, uh, Vicel Garcia, 
right field, Jesus Sanchez at center field, Jesus Aguilar at first base, Brian Anderson at third, Jacob Stallings catching, and Miguel Rojas at short. And Jordan, this is a lot of the roster that I used to go see play like three or four years ago when they would play the Cubs. It was the most um, – or it was the least potent offense that I've ever seen in a major league baseball game. It literally felt like they couldn't hit a ball out of the infield. It was not – it just – it lacks pop. Like it, 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 I think the only ones that weren't there were Jesus Aguilar, and I think Garcia hadn't come up through there yet. So it's it, it, Yeah. So and Garcia was a free agent. Sorry, he was a free agent's winter, so he definitely was. You saw Solaire there though when he was a. When Cubs. he was the Cubs, right? <laughs> right. And I know how Jorge works. I know it's very uh, hit or miss with Jorge, um, but he will he will supply some pop. But they were the worst team in on base percentage, or uh, yeah, on base percentage. Worst, second worst team in slugging, and then that put them dead last in OPS, and their OPS plus was the worst in the league at 82. Jordan, this is a team that lacks offensive ability. Their pitching is actually pretty decent, uh, yeah. and they've always had pretty good arms, and they will keep themselves in games because they are pretty good in that category. But, man, their their offense is just lacking. Derek Jeter resigns because they're not making the moves that he's – he wanted and they're not making moves that he felt were productive towards getting this team better. Jordan, will this team ever get off the bottom of this league and figure it out? Or is this team just destined to be one of those really awful teams for a really long time? As sad as it is, um, since they were just bought, I think they need new owners. I, I really think we need a new structure on how we approve ownership for some of these teams because it, if it's rumors are true that he wanted Castellanos and couldn't get him and he didn't believe that he was going to have any time to actually spend now that they have these young guys up, they just locked down Alcantara for like five years. Mm-hmm. If you have the pitching but you're not going to go out and get the actual hitters, then or, or spend when it's time to compete, then that's the issue. And it made enough sense for Jeter to step away due to that. And now it makes us wonder, okay, will will they actually spend now? Uh, probably not. It, it, I feel like if he had that impression, he probably would have stuck around. So I'm not really sure. I think that they might be doomed to the bottom. It doesn't seem like they actually care about winning, putting a winning product on the field. They got a beautiful brand new stadium. Mm-hmm. They've got young guys that are interesting to watch, but it doesn't seem ownership cares. Yeah. And there's not much to add. I mean, it's just so sad. Like it, it really is. Cause this team, I, I just, it, it's, I mean, Jordan, I can sit behind home plate for like $35 because the Do product it. on the field is that bad. I can go see the Phillies play. I can go see the, the, the Cubs play. I can go see the Orioles if they ever visit play. For $35. And I'm talking, Jordan, like people bring food to my seat. That's how good the, that's how good the mm-hmm. seats are for that cheap. That should not happen. Like that should not be a thing. An NL East rival, and I'm sitting behind home plate for like 40 bucks. Like that, that's insane to me. Just to fathom that's how bad the product is. They're basically paying you to come. <laughs> like, please come. Um, and it's sad. It's it's like an away game with home fans it's the craziest thing you you need to come down one time just to go because it's it's a wild atmosphere well at um, least it's a nice stadium i mean i've kind of been in the same yeah. circumstance when it comes to um 
Tampa when I went to Tampa. Yeah. Uh, but thing. that thing's ugly. Yeah. Being in there is ugly. Yeah. But at least with with Tam, uh, you know, where like the seats are barely sold. Uh, mm. There was a lot of Oriole fans down in Tampa when I went to see them. Um, but yeah, but at least Miami has a nice stadium. I played in it when I was uh, in my MLB The Show career. I was a yeah. Miami Marlin for a bit, and I took them all the way to the NLCS, <laughs> by the way. We lost that two years in a row, and then I beat them in the World Series the next year. when we when So they did get there. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what's even crazier is this franchise still has two more recent World Series wins than the Orioles um, <laughs> when they were the Florida Mar- Marlins, you know? Mm-hmm. So it is uh, – it is a long way away from those days, though. Yeah. All right, Washington Nationals. Sean Doolittle is back. A reunion for the bullpen arm. Nelson Cruz, big signing for them if he can stay as he is now. Um, and then Hunter Harvey off waivers, former top Orioles prospect. I'm assuming you just knew that off the top of your head because that's kind yes. of an interesting little fact. That's interesting. Is there any chance that he's any good? <laughs> like No. All? Okay. Good. Uh, well, maybe since <laughs> right. he left us. Maybe since he left. Us. So here's yeah. the thing: he was one of our top guys for a while. Where does he play? In... Pitcher. Okay. Uh, but he just constantly injured. Uh, he he pitched for us a few times last year, I think it was, or maybe 2020. But he had to keep getting back on the IL. It was a pretty brutal stretch for him and i just don't think he'll ever amount to anything at this point unfortunately it's just constant injuries we we designated him for assignment he got picked up by the giants in the offseason and then i think they just designated him for assignment and that's when he got picked up by the nats i don't even know if he's gonna make their squad but i just put it on there to kind of talk about (laughs) talk about that but for a while there we were all putting our hopes on Hunter Harvey. And then it got to a point where I think a few years ago, I was like, anything we get from this guy is bonus because there's no way he's going to stay healthy. That's uh, it's always sad to see yeah. that because you, you really do. Um, and I think that was the same kid. We just talked, one of them went somewhere. I forget which of the top prospects. It was the one that they took before Chris Bryant. I think that was supposed to be a top prospect and same thing. It just never panned out. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it it's interesting because the Nationals, um, they're kind of circling that weird drain too. Like Juan Soto, they locked up, or they're trying to lock they're up. Trying to. They're trying to. I don't think he will. Yeah. I don't think he will. I, it'll be interesting because he's seeing all these contracts come in, and we'll see what that does for him. They're trying to lock him up, and it's uh, it sounded like it had positive tones to it, but then it, I read some other ones that were like he was – wanting more money for longer or shorter or something like that, where the time wasn't quite right. Um, but let's talk about the nationals a little bit, because there's some interesting pieces that they do have um, coming in Nelson Cruz. That's interesting. He'll price slot in third DH. That's all he really can do anymore. Um, but that lineup looks Cesar Hernandez at second base, Juan Soto at right field DH Nelson Cruz, Josh Bell at first uh, Kiebert Ruiz uh, catching Lane Thomas, left field, shortstop, Alcides Escobar, Mikel Franco, uh, third base. Former um, Oriole. Yeah, former <laughs> Oriole, former Brave. Um, and Victor yeah. Robles. So not not like a horrible lineup, but like not ideal, I don't think. Um, it, it's definitely just above league average, I think. And that's kind of where the Nationals have just kind of been for the last couple of years before the, or after their World Series. They've just been really just kind of like, ugh. Um, the bad thing is, though, Jordan, 
Steven Strasburg. Okay, let's just start with that. Let's start with the elephant in the room. I think this is right. Seven starts since 2019 in the World Series. That's insane. And I know 2020 was cut short. In 2021, he had injuries. But seven starts from their big guy. And he's had so many issues with his arm. I feel bad for him because he could have been one of the best pitchers in Major League history. But it just never panned out. Um, And honestly... Down goes him, down goes this franchise, and I think that's kind of what's happened. It's sad to say that, but I think this franchise is kind of in that same mud right now, especially if they lose Juan Soto. They're back to square one of, like, really bad baseball, and I think they're getting to that area because I do think they've got, like, they've got Patrick Corbin, who they signed in 2018. If he pitches well, he's gone. Like, he's been good in the past, but he's not been great. Josiah Gray, like these guys are guys that I think other teams will pluck off. Jordan, I, I'm afraid this team is going to be consistently bad too. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you kind of feel the same way. I don't think they'll be consistently bad. I think yeah. this is a down time for them. They've been pretty good overall since they've entered the league. Um, and the you know there was those times where they made the playoffs and um, uh couldn't get through certain rounds, but then they won a world series. And I, I mean, I can't feel any sympathy for what position they're in right now, because mm. if I'm a nationals fan, does it really matter? We just won the world series two or three years ago, 2019 Cubs fans would say yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I mean, <laughs> look, 2018 uh, was not fun. Around for, it took. Yeah. Well, I mean, for the Cubs, I feel even less about because it's it's it was a hundred year gap for them. Yeah. Um, but you want a consistent winner, like that, that. Yeah, yeah, you do. But I mean, winning it just four years ago yeah. is, or three years ago is like okay, we still have time. We have still time to get this together, and maybe they will get it together. You know, um, I just don't think it'll be this year. I think. I don't think Soto will extend there, right? Right. I don't think he will. But I do think what it'll come down to is eventually they'll have to hit a reset. And the reset is coming up soon. No more Ryan Zimmerman. No more Steven Strasburg at a certain point. And maybe no more Juan Soto. And they'll have to maybe reset. And hopefully they will. Um, I don't think there'll be one that just kind of languishes. I, I can't see it. I, I feel like they'll have to do something. But uh, overall, I think this might be a down year for them, and maybe they'll build up. And, you know, how long do they have Soto for? They should have him for a while, right? He's only at three years of service time. So he probably has another three next, years. Yeah, I think it's... Not next free agent season, 2025. Yeah. Free agent. Uh, okay. Oh, well, wow. During the 2025. So wow, he's, they got two years. Yeah. 22, 23, 24. They got three years. Because I think they signed like a weird contract with him, I thought. No, no. He yeah. They offered it. He turned it down. Yeah. I thought for some reason he was like one of those players that they bring in from somewhere else. And they gave him like a weird like eight-year deal because he was like 16 or something. Um, I think he was just drafted, wasn't he? Maybe. I just don't remember. No, no I think more. he is from uh, the uh, international. Yeah. There oh, no, that was his turn down. He turned out $13 million for 350 Oh, my God. 
college? 13 years. Amateur free agent in 2015, yeah. That's what he was. That contract would have been bigger than the prices. Yes, he was offered from what was reported in in um, February. He turned down 350 million extension. Now, the reason why is uh, apparently a lot of people think he's going to be the first 400 or 500 million dollar player. Mm-hmm. And with the Yankees. <laughs> No, not this Yankees. I, I don't That's think true. so. I don't know where he, Dodgers. Angels. There you go. <laughs> Dodgers or Angels. Angels just sign random people. It's fun. They do. Yeah, they'll they'll be like, hey, I'm should sure, we spend I'm, money now? Yeah, okay, let's go ahead and do that. If the Cubs want to sign him for four hundred million, then sign sign me up. We're billionaires. Sign us up. You know what though? That might be right at the time where the Orioles are competing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can they afford it? Yeah, I he, think he doesn't have can... to move. Yeah. It's right here. Um, he can move in with you. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. I don't know. I, it's hard to turn down the three hundred fifty mil because it's guaranteed. But he's going to get honestly, a much bigger payday. Once you, well, 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 here's the thing: once you hit three hundred fifty, does it matter if you hit five hundred? Absolutely, it's pride. These guys are all about pride. It's pride, yeah. But I mean, money-wise, none of this is no, going anywhere. They're going to no. be set for life. They're set. Their grandkids are set. I think their neighbors are set just by like fallout. <laughs> do you want to show our predictions then? Yeah, let's do that because we're going to go on two hours and they'll kill yeah. us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Logan's NL East. All right. New York Mets first. Braves second. Phillies third. Nationals fourth. And Marlins. Fifth and Jordan, before we show your NL East predictions, like we did with the last AL East predictions, does this division have not three wild card teams, or the, the, the do they have three playoff teams in this division? No, no, they have two. So no, no, okay. I won't ruin your predictions because they're the exact same as mine, but boom, oh, wrong button. All That's, right, here we go. There we that go. That was different than mine. That was different. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Jordan's and Ellie's predictions, Mets, Braves, Phillies, Nats, Miami. I actually filled this out. I saw you had sent to your text mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm not looking at it till I make my predictions. And then I made my predictions and then I looked at it. I was like, okay, we did the same exact thing. Mets. I, while we just talked up the Braves so much, I do think the Mets pitching is, is starting pitching is really good and going to push them over the line. I think. And with Buck Showwater, I, I, I could see them doing that. Uh, but I could also be convinced that the Braves finish first and Mets finish second. But mm-hmm. I do think those two teams will be playoff teams. Phillies, I don't think uh, I don't think they've done enough. I think their defense is going to lead them that way. Uh, Nats could really finish fourth or fifth, is what I, my thought is. Um, I just have them fourth because I I do believe in them a little bit more than um, a little bit more. Yeah, I think can we both say it's safe to say that the the we both think the Braves and the Mets are that they have a chance to win the World Series. Yes, yeah, I do yeah. think so. Yeah. Cuz that's the way I feel. Like I do think and we'll get to the pr- bigger predictions, but I think it runs through somebody else obviously. Um, yeah. but I think these two out of especially because the Central's next, these two are very legitimate candidates to win uh, and, and contenders. Like I think these two are very good contenders. I think they're both 
a couple of moves away from being serious contenders. Um, Cause I do think one, the Braves, I think are going to have to get one more pitcher eventually. And the same thing with the, with the Mets, I think they're going to have to get one more bat. So I think it's kind of like that. They need one more piece. So I'll say this. I think so, so some people went like, I know I saw some predictions. I think John boy said he, his prediction was the winner comes, the winner of the world series comes out of the ALEs. What I'll say is that the winner of the World Series comes out of tonight's show. That's good. So I think it will be on the East, either AL or NL. I, I that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you because I, the Dodgers just really have a tough time. No matter how big of a team they put together, yeah, one one, but they just have a really tough time keeping it all together. They're one of those teams that just kind of chip away, and there's guys that get hurt, there's guys that don't come back, there's guys that just have issues. I think that's kind of what we're looking at too. I'm going to agree with you, Jordan. I'm going to say that tonight's show, the World Series 2022, is going to go to one of these guys. I'm excited. I'm excited to do a full season of this. We kind of started, you know, mid-season and just kind of did like our history with the game. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we hit, uh, you know, the playoffs and did that. But I'm really excited to kind of get a full season and kind of look back at these predictions at the end of the year and see how wrong we were. Yeah. we. I kind of looked at Pakoda, but I was like, I don't really want to, like, cheat. So I didn't want to, like – because those are pretty close usually. Um, I was like, I'm not going to look at those kind of stats. Just because I was like, I just – ALE is just really hard to predict just because of how good all those teams are. It is. I mean, any um, of the teams from four, one to four could can finish division. in any of those spots. Yeah. Yeah, agree. All right, Jordan, um, that wraps up our two-hour show. But yeah. I hope it was informational. I think a lot of people like it because I've seen a lot of baseball ones are longer. I think people just have longer patience to sit for baseball shows because they're used to baseball. Um, but yeah, you used I to sit for four hours right, for a game, yeah. Right, and we'll we'll try to tag like timestamp, um, like at least when ALE starts and NLE starts. So that way, at least they kind of have an understanding. Right around the hour mark, I think it was so, or hour and eleven. Um, so. That being said, I mean, that's more work for Jordan, but um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, okay, uh, really we're going to tell you exactly right when your team was started, when each player was <laughs> yeah. talking about like, <laughs> that. no, but if you like following us along or following along with us and my cat and her tail in my face, uh, you can follow us over on Facebook at extra innings baseball show, Twitter at extra innings show and Instagram extra innings baseball show. We've got an action packed couple of weeks coming at you. Just like this episode, we've got another long one coming up. NL Central, AL Central is next. That one might be a little bit more on a negative note, uh, a little bit more muddy over there in the Central Divisions. Um, Maybe not some clear-cut favorites, but at least some teams that are getting interesting. So we'll talk about NL Central, AL Central next time uh, on the Extra Innings Baseball Show. I have been your host, Logan Stubb. That was Jordan Wiegand. He promises to turn the lights out in there in Baltimore so he can save you some money because we all know you like to save some money. Um, See you next time, I guess. Play ball. Let's do it. The Extra Innings Baseball Show is hosted by Logan Stump, edited and produced by Jordan Wiegand, and we hope that everybody enjoys us talking some baseball in this MLB 2022 season that is upcoming. Thank you. Thank you.